Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord, family, and welcome to our times of impartation, which is our midweek service coming to you from the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. It's a beautiful church with beautiful people, and we are grateful to God for everything that he's doing here. Hallelujah. I trust that your week has been good so far. And this evening, we want to continue our study into the important truths about fasting. Actually, we ended our beginning of year prayer and fasting on Sunday, but I started a journey into the truths about fasting and I just feel that I need to tie it up neatly. So that's why we're still talking about it. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful to you for this evening. And here we are again in your presence to receive your word. I pray in the name of Jesus for everybody here, for everybody listening, for everybody watching, that there will be an impartation. This is times of impartation. And may nobody's life remain the same after this service. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we're looking at important truths about fasting. We've looked at a number of them just to quickly recap. Number one, fasting in its most basic form is voluntarily abstaining from food or abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Number two, sometimes people abstain from from water when they are fasting. But that is more of an exception rather than the rule. Number three, when you are fasting, you could also intentionally deny yourself of other physical pleasures apart from food. For example, sex, watching television, browsing the internet, and so on and so forth. Number four, fasting is a major biblical principle that often goes with prayer. Number five, fasting is one of the important secrets to answered prayer. Truth number six, in Jesus' sermon on the mount, he made it quite clear that God expects us to fast just as he expects us to give and to pray. Number seven, fasting is not just an Old Testament practice. It was practiced in the New Testament by the early church. Number eight, Jesus, who is our great example, fasted. Number nine, the basic spiritual purpose of fasting is self-humbling. In other words, it is a God-appointed way to humble ourselves. Amen. I think that, um, and then number 10, we did number 10. 
Number 10, fasting helps us to gain victory over the devil. Fasting helps us to gain victory over the devil. You'll recall that Jesus Christ, after he was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, was led by the Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. During that period, he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And I think that to be able to go through such a long, sustained period of fasting, you must really be led. And you must have a certain supernatural power backing you. Now, Jesus Christ only embarked on this type of fasting when he was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Another person we know in scripture who went through a 40 days and 40 nights period of fasting was Moses. And he could go through that because he was in the presence of God up the mountain. And when you are in the presence of God, there's a certain supernatural effect that you experience. And you are now able to do things that naturally you will not do. That is why you should never embark on such a type of fasting unless you've been led to do that and unless you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. Can I have an amen from somebody? Then number 11, fasting helps to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. I gave you that example of Jesus. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led into the wilderness and he fasted. Now, after that experience, the Bible says that he returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Let's look at that scripture again. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Now, when he was going into the wilderness to have that encounter with Satan, he was full of the Holy Spirit. But after he went through that period, and one notable thing about that period was that he fasted for 40 days. The Bible says that he returned filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And so he went into that encounter full of the Holy Spirit, but he returned with the Holy Spirit's power. And that is why I'm submitting to you that the fasting helped to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. What that means for you and I is that if we want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and if we want to see a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, one of the things that can stir it up is when we go through a period of fasting. Because when you fast, you suppress your physical desires, your carnal feelings, you suppress them. And you give opportunity for the spirit, your spirit, to to come up and to be enhanced and to become more sensitive to God and to the things of God. With such an arrangement, it is now very possible to see the power.
power of the Holy Spirit being released and being unleashed. Hallelujah. Number 12. The 12th powerful truth about fasting. And you see, I am teaching you these things because it is important that anything that you are doing, you really understand why you're doing it. Anything that you do that you do not have a deep understanding about, you tend not to do it well. I always give this illustration. In school, the things that we were taught, that we really understood, up till now, we can remember quite a lot of them. Because your understanding of things help those things to be retained in your memory. So when you really understand what you are doing, any activity that you are engaged in, you understand its importance and its value to you, you tend to do it very well. And so I'm teaching you about these important truths of fasting or concerning fasting so that anytime you fast, and fasting can be individual, or fasting can be corporate. What I mean is that as an individual, you can decide that you are setting some days aside to fast and to pray and to wait on God. Or, like what we ended just a few days ago, we can call for a corporate fasting. All are powerful. Both are powerful. And I'm saying to you that anytime we engage in any form of fasting, be it individual, be it corporate, once you understand what the fasting does for you and the role it plays in your Christian experience, you will discover that you tend to do it well and you benefit well from it. Hallelujah. Number 12, the 12th powerful truth about fasting is that fasting helps to transition us from the natural realm into the supernatural. Fasting helps to transition us. That means it helps to carry us from a natural realm or a natural atmosphere into a supernatural one. Acts chapter 13, reading from verse 1. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaim, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul, who later came to be known as Paul, the apostle Paul, that is. Now take note of this. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, now pause there. They were worshipping the Lord and fasting and the Holy Spirit said, they were engaged in worship and fasting and they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to them. It was a supernatural encounter. He said to them, 
appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. What were they doing before the Holy Spirit spoke? What were they doing before they had this supernatural encounter? They were worshipping and fasting. And they heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it was a very supernatural experience. It is out of this encounter that their apostolic ministry was birthed. And from this point onwards, they stepped into a high level of apostolic ministry. They embarked on many missionary journeys, resulting in the establishment of many churches spread across Asia Minor. And so, they went into a time of worshipping and fasting. And at that time, we can say that it was, it was natural. They were in the natural. Then they moved into a time of worshipping and fasting. And then at a point, the Holy Spirit spoke. So you can say that before the Holy Spirit spoke, perhaps they were in the natural. But then when the Holy Spirit spoke, they transitioned into the supernatural. And that is something that fasting can do for us. When we pray and we fast, it transitions us from the natural into the supernatural realm. May you experience more of the supernatural as you learn to wait on God on your own and by yourself. May God give you some amazing visions. May you fall into trances. May you receive prophetic words. May your eyes be open to see amazing things as you wait on God, as you fast and seek the face of God. Can I have an amen? Number 13. Fasting helps to invoke God's supernatural help. Write it down. And I hope you are writing. I hope that you are not just listening to me as if you are watching Talking Point on GBC TV. This is not a talking point, my friend. I am teaching you important truths about fasting. So if you are not taking down notes, you are very natural and carnal. But it can change right now. It's not too late. You've missed the earlier points. Times of ignorance, God will wink at Right now, grab your tablet, grab your phone, grab a notebook, grab a pen, have your Bible with you. I'm not doing concert party la. I am teaching you the word of God. So write it down and refer to these notes. They will come in handy. They will. My point again, which is the 13th truth about fasting, is that fasting helps to invoke. Now when we say invoke, it means to call forth. Or to bring about. So fasting helps to call forth or bring about. Fasting helps to invoke God's supernatural help. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21 to 23. Ezra 8 21 to 23. And there by the Ahava canal. 
I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. But his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God will take care of us. And notice what he says, and he heard our prayer. Hallelujah. Ezra was supposed to lead the remnants under an edict that the king had given that they could return to Jerusalem and they were supposed to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah was in charge of that. So he became a governor. Nehemiah was like the governor. And then round about the same time, we had Zerubbabel rebuilding the temple. Now, Ezra had a very important assignment, which was to make sure that the law of God was taught and that there was a spiritual reawakening and revival amongst the people. Because those who were left after the rampage had now compromised and had backslidden. And they had picked up some of the behaviors and the practices and the cultures including idol worship from the neighboring communities. And so the law of God had been relegated to the background. And so they were spiritually down. They were in a backsliding state. So Ezra's assignment was to start a revival in the land. So the king gave an instruction that he could go. And they organized themselves, those who were to go. Now, he had an option. He could have asked the king for some soldiers, for some horsemen, for some horses, protection. He could have asked for soldiers to be assigned to him to protect him and the entourage through the dangerous places they were going to travel to, to get back to Jerusalem. He could have asked and the king would have granted him that company. But he says that he was ashamed because they had boasted about God to the king. That God, God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. So if God's hand of protection is on you, why will you be asking for natural help? So what did he do? He decided that he wasn't going to go natural. He was going to go supernatural. Whenever we get to the valley of decision in our lives, we have two options. To try and go about things in a natural way or to go about things in a supernatural way. It's our choice. You can either do it in, in a carnal way or you can do it in a, a, a spiritual way, in a supernatural way. And 
Ezra opted for the supernatural. So he organized the people to wait on God and to fast and pray that God would take care of them. And the Bible says, and God heard their prayer. That means that they did not need a human intervention to make it to Jerusalem. God himself took care of them. And mind you, they were going to travel through very dangerous places. There were robbers. There, there were enemies of the Jews scattered all along the route. It was a very dangerous thing. They could have been killed. They could have been hurt. They could have been harmed. But he decided to lean to the supernatural. And God came through for them. Hallelujah. That is why I am submitting to you that fasting helps to invoke God's supernatural help. Another example we see, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 to 4. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. Take notes of what happened next. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. He ordered everyone to begin fasting. And so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Notice what Jehoshaphat did. They were under threat. They heard that a massive army was marching against them. And he knew that it was not going to be easy for them. Because it was a confederation of nations who had decided to attack them. And he realized that this situation, it was not going to take human effort because they were totally outnumbered. He realized that it was going to require supernatural assistance. So what did he do? He organized the people to fast and to pray. So they sought for God's supernatural help. Look at verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 20. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. So this was a prayer that news after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. And so when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. What a victory! 
King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. This year, may God usher you into more than you can carry blessings. In the name of Jesus. It's your year of progress and advancement. And as a sign of that progress in your life, you will enjoy more than you can carry. Can I hear your loudest amen? Bible says there was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. Now, this victory was not natural. It was supernatural. All they did was to, win, was to go into the battle with worship. They sang, If we say, Oh yeah, Na and if he reset, oh yeah, na and and God gave them the victory. But remember that before they went into the battle, they had spent some time fasting and praying. It's a combination of different things that brought the victory. The prayer, the worship, and the fasting. Because you must understand that it is not just one thing that works together for your good. It's a combination of different things. And one of the things that you need in order to experience supernatural help in your life is to wait on God by fasting. And so, I repeat again, fasting helps to invoke God's supernatural help. I should be ending now, but permit me to take a bit more of your time so that I can finish this and know that I really ended it. Number 14, fasting helps to suppress our flesh and our carnal nature. So that the Holy Spirit can truly reign in our hearts. And we can be pleasing to God. I'll say that again. Fasting helps to suppress or to keep under our flesh. And our carnal nature. So that the Holy Spirit can truly reign in our hearts. And we can be pleasing to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 to 8. Romans 8, 5 to 8. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace for the sinful nature is always hostile to god it never did obey god's laws and it never will that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please god amen there is a running battle that goes on every day of our lives between 
our carnal nature, our flesh, and our spirit. The part of us which is born again is our spirit. But our flesh is exactly the same. The carnal nature is exactly the same. And so is the mind or the soul. Because your soul is a combination of your will, your intellect, and your emotions. It doesn't change when you become born again. What do you do with your soul after you become born again? You are supposed to renew it. Especially the mind. The Bible says that we should be transformed in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God so what you do with your mind is to renew it but I want you to understand that your mind is a major battlefield That after you become born again, a lot of the battles that you have to go through take place in the mind. Whether you're going to win those battles or not depends who is in control. Is it your natural nature or your carnal nature which is in control? Is it the flesh which is in control directing your mind or it is your spirit? If it is the flesh, you can never overcome certain things in your life. But if it is the spirit, then yes, you can have resounding victories. What fasting therefore does is that it helps to suppress our flesh and our carnal nature. So that our spirit man will be enhanced and will be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And thereby he can help us to have the victory... And we can be pleasing to God. Have you noticed. That during the period when we were fasting. And praying. You discover that certain desires seem to be suppressed. Perhaps when we started the fasting initially. You could feel the hunger. But then as we pressed on you realize that it had become relatively easier. And the reason why it had become easier is that you had brought the flesh under control. It was no longer dictating to to, to us. It, it, It was no longer our master. It became our servant. Because now you told your body, you told your stomach that I am not eating till after sex. And by doing that, you took control over it. And you realize that it made you more in tune with God. More in tune with the Holy Spirit. That is what fasting can do for us. It suppresses the flesh and our carnal nature. And then it enhances the spirit man. And it causes us to be able to relate and commune well with the Holy Spirit. Who now reigns and becomes the master. And ultimately we end up pleasing God. Hallelujah. And the last one. Fasting can change history and destinies. 
fasting can change history and destinies. Example number one, Jonah and the city of Nineveh. You remember the story about Jonah who swallowed a whale? Um, Excuse me. The story about Jonah who was swallowed by a whale. Then the Lord spoke, but then because what happened to him that God sent him to Nineveh, he didn't want to go. So he went to hide in a boat to go to Tashish, somewhere very far, probably in the opposite direction to Nineveh. But then God hadn't changed his mind about the calling. And so he caused a great storm to arise. And you know how the story goes. They found him sleeping down there somewhere. And they caught him and he told them that in order for your lives to be spared, you have to throw me into the sea. So they threw him in and then he swallowed the, and the whale swallowed him. Mm. And then later on, he was in the belly of the whale for three days, which typifies Jesus and his death and how he stayed in hell for three days. After three days, the whale vomited him on the shores of Nineveh. So then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time in verse 1 to 5 of Jonah chapter 3. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. So large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast. And put on bellap or sackcloth to show their sorrow. The king of Nineveh called for a fast for the entire nation. Look at verse 10. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways... He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. May evil and danger be averted anytime you fast in the name of Jesus. What they did was they fasted and they repented. And God rescinded on his decision to destroy them. And so by their fasting, they changed history. And they changed their destinies. The second example, and we end with that, Esther and the Jews. You know the story of Esther. Esther chapter 4 verse 15 to 17. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. So today I'm taking 15 more minutes of your time. Please bear with me. Said, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My mates and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Now the story was that a certain man called Haman had a personal feud against Mordecai. This Herman liked to always be saluted and hailed. 
So when he goes through the town, he expects people to hail him. Oh, hey man, you are great. Oh, hey man. Oh, hey man, we are king king. Oh, hey man, we are go. Hey man, he liked those things. But he noticed that Mordecai was not impressed by him. And because of that, he took a personal dislike to him and decided that this guy, I'm going to show him. And so wild was his hatred of Mordecai that his intention was to actually hurt Mordecai and all the Jews. And so he organized for the king to give an instruction that the Jews should be wiped out. And what he did was that he went to organize a special gallows. He organized a place where he intended to hang Mordecai. When Mordecai heard that the king had signed a law like that, he sent a message to Esther that Esther, you had better do something about it because by this time she had become the queen said go and speak to the king and let him know that it is your people that is instructed should be destroyed and Esther came up with some excuses you can't just go and see the king it will lead to all kinds of problems and Mordecai told her that if you think that you will escape when bad things are happening to your people think again if you don't stretch forth your hand to help now help will come from somewhere else and that is when she decided that I'm going to give it a try and then she directed Mordecai to tell the rest of the Jews and she and her her, her servants were going to do the same to fast for a period of, th- of three days and three nights after that she went to see the king verse 3 to 6 of Esther 7 Queen Esther replied if I have found favor with the king and if it pleases the king to grant my request I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared For my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I could remain quiet. For that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. Who would do such a thing? King Zezis demanded. Who would be so presumptuous as to touch you? And Esther replied, this wicked Haman. Haman was in the meeting. She turned and pointed to him. This Haman. Is our adversary and our enemy. And Haman grew pale with fright before the king and the queen. The summary of the story was that Esther was able to save the people of Israel and change a certain destiny that had been mapped out for them. But how did it come about? One of the things they did was to fast. And I believe they prayed. And that is why I believe that fasting can actually change history and change destinies. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 40. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven. And I will heal their land. God doesn't take delight in destroying mankind. He's not happy about that at all. And he said that I sought for a man to stand in the gap 
for this nation so that I will not destroy it. And every time God is looking for people to stand in the gap by praying and fasting so that a destiny can be changed. So that a certain trouble and evil that is supposed to come can be averted. Fasting is a very powerful thing. I trust, my friends, that you've been blessed by this teaching and exposition on the powerful truths about fasting. And I pray that you have a better understanding of why fasting is so powerful and why fasting is a great thing. May we never to struggle, may we never struggle to fast again anytime we decide to fast either on our own or when it is arranged by your church or by your assembly or by your department or even by your home cell. God bless you and may the Holy Spirit help you to retain everything that you've learned in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Thank you Father for today and thank you for the powerful truths that we have received about fasting. I pray may there be a revival of our prayer and fasting life and this time around when we set out to pray and fast, may it be with purpose and with direction, knowing and understanding the benefits of the fasting and the great power that is unleashed anytime we pray and fast. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching me and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, today, when you hear his voice, you must not harden your heart. And I want you to pray with me. Pray this prayer with simple childlike faith and God is going to respond to it. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, today I come to you just as I am. I am a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours and you are mine. I will serve you and I will follow you. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.